In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with an ESPN superstar, Matthew Montana. Matthew, how are you, sir? Good. Yeah, superstar. I mean, you're too kind, but yeah, yeah. I, I guess some people might believe that, sure. Well, we've had a busy day today. Um, uh, Todd Munkins left the Browns. Odell's causing a stir. So, uh, but before I do talk about that, your first time on the show, it'd be great to know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so I've been uh, Cleveland born and raised. I've been a Browns fan, you know, since I grew up. But, like, I grew up in that weird time when they were gone, right? Like, I was six years old when they left. I was nine, almost ten when they came back. So, it's like, I don't know, it was weird for me growing up. I actually, in that time, became a Miami Dolphins fan. But when they came back, my dad was like, hey, Browns are back. Stop that stuff. You're going to be a Browns fan. I said, all right. Um, so, been a Browns fan all my life. And, yeah, I've been working at ESPN Cleveland for about ten years now. Um, unfortunately, been way too – been through too many coaching uh, press conferences in my <laughs> short time in the industry it's like just doing even the one this week with Stefanski I think that was probably my I think that was the fourth one I personally have attended and then they've been through a couple more than that so I mean it's it's been a crazy ride but yeah it's they keep it they keep it interesting and give us plenty of stuff to talk about as Kevin would say are you west or east I am west side. I'm west side of Cleveland, so if, if anybody is, uh, stops by Cleveland, it's actually a great area for anybody traveling from Ireland because there's a lot of uh, Irish people that settle. I live in, uh, it's called West Park, so it's near Lakewood. It's about 10 minutes uh, west of Cleveland, but there's a ton of great Irish pubs there, and it's, it's a great place to live. Well, that's good to know because I do like an Irish pub whenever I'm traveling. So, uh, and- the, 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 the problem is, so I went to Ireland this past year. Obviously, you guys know and talked about it, but – I can't find a Guinness that's anywhere near as good as what it was in Ireland. I've tried all the pubs here. It's just I'm ruined for life. The only Guinness I can have now is from directly from Ireland. So I've been ruined. You were hanging out with uh, my buddies, Neil, I believe in Galway. Yep. yep, yep, yep. I saw those guys and got a chance to see the uh, Browns backers bar there. And it was, uh, it was cool. It's so great. I mean, on top of, you know, obviously the podcast you guys do and, the support that you guys have in the Browns backers. I mean, I think that, I think that is so cool. Um, you know, and it's just kind of, it, it really speaks a lot about your guys fandom because, you know, you guys are doing it from across the world, wake it up, you know, early in the morning to watch games or staying up late and, you know, all the money you've invested to follow a team. So people that are here in Cleveland complaining, I don't think they have much, you, you guys have the right to complain after, after some of the bad things that have gone on with this team. Well, Matthew, my view is, I'm equal as any other fan, so uh, I don't expect uh, royalty when I come to town. I don't expect uh, pitch side access, but you know, I probably don't moan as much as you guys because I don't want to upset the locals. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a good roller coaster over the years, and uh, mm. I enjoy the tailgate and I enjoy the experience. But yeah, we just need to do it on the uh, on the pitch field in the future. Yeah, and that's the thing, tailgating and doing that for playoff games. And, you know, we always talk about it. You know, I know you, you were here for uh, for the one game and just to be able to say, like, you know, as great as that was for a regular season game, it's only going to be amped up for a playoff game. 
Yeah, but let, let, let's uh, let's start with Odell Beckham. He's he's causing mm. a bit of a, a global storm. He's trending in London, so uh, that means anything that's going on in England, he is the top three stories in London at the moment. How crazy is that? Especially with everything going on, you know, around uh, England and London with the the royal family. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, he you know, the national championship. And it was pretty obvious that he might have, you know, had a little bit too much to drink and celebrate that. And, you know, but the fact is that he's got a arrest warrant out and the, and the team had to issue, you know, a statement. And I wonder about NFL uh, ramifications, you know, about violating the conduct policy. And certainly there have been much, much, much worse things that have, that, you know, players have done and they've, you know, had a minimal, you know, uh, suspension or anything like that. Like, I don't think he'll be suspended, but it's still something where I'm sure the league's going to have to talk to him, and I'm sure the Browns are going to talk to him. Yeah, got you. I think um, there's a a selection of videos now of just keep coming out of the woodwork yeah. of him barging someone on the on the field and him with a microphone and uh, yeah, him sleeping a um, policeman's uh, rear. So, um, do you know what? <laughs> He does remind me a little bit like myself where I like to cause a bit of trouble. But then on the flip side, I always know that there's a camera on me and I know that I need to rein it in. So, uh, yeah, I think he's um, I think he's probably just gone one step too far, really. That's it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want to go to the he'll probably go to the defense of being like, oh, you know, uh, it was his actual championship and I was just having fun. Like him being in the locker room, I don't think he needed to be in there uh, at all. That created that. Like, yeah, I'd be on the sidelines. But the other thing is, there were plenty of other NFL players that were there that were LSU alum, and none of them, you know, got into any problems. None of them, uh, like I said, I just continue to go back to I think he was probably a little overserved. But, you know, those guys are able to keep it in line. Why couldn't Odell? Yeah. And uh, I can't say too much, but I can give you the heads up that uh, I do know Odell is currently in London at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and I think that it would just setting around, right? As soon as that all happened, he probably got out of there. And, you know, for us people that, like, take Ubers and taxis and stuff, that's a private jet to them. They'll get on and go to some other country as easily as we go down the street. I'm not sure. I know that Higgins and Randall, they all, ch- they all traveled uh, uh, normal class. So um, I don't know if Odell did or didn't, but it'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, I'd love to find out. He might be on one of those, like, you know, the net jets or one of those private uh, jet services as well. Mm. So, yeah, so uh, uh, Todd Munkin has left. Yeah, I thought that was a little shocking, you know, heading back to college. And he was a guy that, you know, it, it's interesting to see his career path because he's been a guy that's kind of bounced between college and the pros. And you see a lot of coaches that just pick one and stay there. You know, I think it was kind of inevitable with Stefanski coming in. And, you know, I I just wonder what Monken did for this offense. You didn't see a huge step forward with Baker Mayfield. He was not calling plays. And I know during the season he said that he was okay with that and he understood that when he took this job. But I think that had to weigh on him. You know, you're doing that job, that part of that job for everyone else is calling plays, but you don't get to do that. And I always kind of saw this as maybe a stepping stone for him and, you know, wishing nothing the best. It's just that he had a real short tenure here and it wasn't marked by a lot of success. Was it as good or bad as, oh, I've got his name now, uh, Todd Haley? Did yeah, I mean, Todd Haley, I mean, he, I, mean I would say better because he didn't, he, he actually made it the full season. You know, it's funny you bring up Todd Haley because I thought he was the guy when we signed him, I, I thought there was a lot of promise 
with Todd Haley. I thought that there was going to be a real, you know, resurgence with the offense. And, and again, Freddie took over that offense. A lot of people keep bringing up the fact that it was installed by Haley and there were some calls and plays by Haley. And a lot of people want to give the credit to like Ken Zampezi and some other people in that organization for, for what Freddie had done. So, you know, I, I would say Haley probably ranks a little high, higher uh, on the, uh, the scale, but I think, you know, they, they both have minimal, minimal impact. And, and they're two guys that, you know, as Stefanski takes over, we can't forget that Stefanski might have to start deprogramming Baker Mayfield a little bit. Maybe he picked up some bad habits from them. Maybe he wasn't coached as hard as he needed to be. Maybe the playbook wasn't exactly what they needed it to be. So job one of Kevin Stefanski for the Browns, he might have to sit down and be like, Baker, I know you were taught this over the past couple of years. That's not how we're going to do it. We got to change some stuff. So let's have a little quick count. How many head coaches has Baker had? He's had four, I believe. Yeah, if you count Hugh, uh, Greg Williams, the interim, Freddie Kitchens, and then now, yes, the fancy would be his fourth. And then same thing. You had technically Todd Haley, offensive coordinator, and then Freddie Kitchens, offensive coordinator. So whoever Kevin Stefanski brings in as offensive coordinator, that will be his third offensive coordinator and – you know, third different play callers no, too. If because you, you, got, you got Todd Haley, Hugh, um, Freddie Kitchens, um, Munken, and then the fourth guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Fourth offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. And then, and then three technical play callers because he said Munken didn't, but you're right. And then the quarterback coach thing. You know, a lot of people look at what Ken Zampezi did with Baker in 2018. A lot of people wanted to give him credit. Well, Ryan Lindley's here now, it's going to be his third quarterback coach in three years and trying to, you know, he's still a young guy trying to get those mechanics figured out. And a lot of people are still worried about his high throws and his reads. Like, you know, it, it, it's a scary thing. It really is for him to kind of persevere through this, knowing that there's, there's change all around him. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really interesting. It's something that we haven't really discussed because obviously I'm guessing Stanton's finishes uh, time at the Browns. So, uh, It'd be interesting to see who we bring in for his the second or or third quarterback or the mentor yeah. that we may need, like a, the vet quarterback that supports him. You know, I'd love Drew Stan to be the quarterback coach. I think bringing bringing him up is a great point, and you know that's pretty much what he was. He played, he made it through training camp, and then this injury came up. They put him on IR. From everything that I had heard, he was okay with that role. You know, he was okay with getting paid quote unquote as a player which is more than he'd probably make as a coach and he was getting paid like a player to be on IR but be in the facility be around Baker and there's a lot of people that also give him a lot of credit for Baker's success in 2018 and how he was able to help the whole situation so um yeah I'm sure you know again you want to let Kevin Stefanski kind of pick his um you know, coaches and, and all that kind of stuff. We've heard things about Clint Kubiak, Gary Kubiak's son, and some of the other coaches he might bring from Minnesota. But I would I, – I hope that he at least reached out to Drew Stanton to see if he'd be interested in taking a, taking a job on the staff. What about Josh McCown, eh? He could be a good Yeah, one. that too. Yeah, I mean, Josh would be another great one. And Josh obviously is probably a little more closer to – you know, you know for a fact that he's, he's probably not going to come back after tearing his hamstring like that. And everybody said he can't wait to get into coaching and he's going to make a great coach. So um, – I'd be I'd be very interested to have Josh McCown back for sure. 
Yeah, and I guess the final thing to finish up with uh, on today is the uh, GM interviews. Barry's back in the building and Monty Ozenfort, if I said that correct. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't even, I, I think it's Ozenfort. I don't know. I just think, I think it's a pretty cool name, to be honest with you. But yeah, um, how do you see that panning out? Any uh, preference? Yeah, I would, I, mean, I, would say, I would say probably Barry, you know, just because if you're going to go in with Paul D. Podesta making decisions, you got to let him make every decision. And I would assume that Barry would be his uh, choice, you know. And then the other one is that George Payton from Minnesota, who now all of a sudden has kind of pulled his name out of the running to kind of maybe see what happens with Barry. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say Andrew Barry is probably my favorite just because, again, he's been here. Uh, if he's Paul DePodesta's choice, then that's his choice, you know, and you got to roll with it. And um, that organizational alignment they talk about so much, as long as Barry and Stefanski can work with one another. But I think the biggest thing is understand their boundaries. Understand that that is Barry's job, that's Stefanski's job, that that is Barry's world, that's Stefanski's world, whatever the case may be drafting players, picking the guys for the game day roster. Um, I think a lot of the problems that I've had with the Browns in the past are guys start to take on roles that aren't theirs and they start doing other people's jobs for them because they either don't trust them or they think they can do a better job. Um, and I just hope, you know, Stefanski is in lockstep with Barry if he's the guy or, you know, Ozen Ford or whoever else they decide to bring in. I'm still waiting for that, like, mystery candidate, though. You know, I think that there's somebody that might come out of nowhere that Dee Podesta has had his mind on and maybe be playing it slow. But who knows? Maybe they, you know, they're like you said, they're interviewing, you know, uh, Barry today, and they Browns might have a GM by Monday. You never know. Yeah, one thing is, uh, I, I'm maybe thinking so – headline with this uh, opinion or thought is that Monty is the uh, New England Patriots um, was it director of college scouting mm -hmm. but the Pats haven't been that great at uh, scouting or drafts mm. for ages so um, yeah I do wonder like is that simply he's coming in because of his future potential and the Pats link but I just don't see the Pats as great drafters well, and the other thing is everybody talks about Nick Casario and Dave Ziegler, who were reportedly linked with Josh McDaniels. So you're talking about in a front office where obviously Bill makes all the calls. But even beyond that, you would have to say that Ozenford is probably third, maybe even fourth in line in that front office of actual decision making behind Casario, Ziegler, and who knows, maybe even somebody else. So I'm with you. I'm a little nervous about just picking a guy that far down the pecking order. Um, in any organization, at least Andrew Barry, like when he was with the Browns, he was higher up. He is the VP of player personnel for the Eagles right now. Uh, I know that the GM role would be a step up. So that's interesting that, you know, the, the Eagles, cause the Eagles keep blocking the Panthers. Panthers want to talk to I say that, Barry, yeah. but yeah, but they, they keep blocking that. They can't block the Browns. So um, I think that's interesting. But yeah. I mean, Ozen Forge is being kind of down that pecking order. That's a little, that's a little nerve wracking for sure. Well, look, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, two quick personal questions. Are you coming yeah. across the pond soon? I hope so. So uh, as, as they kind of mentioned, my wife and my actually my in-laws, this was a gift to my, my wife's parents for paying for our wedding. We brought them to Ireland. Uh, we were there in May and it was, we've been on a lot of trips. It was our, it was absolutely our favorite trip. It was to see all the sites, just to be there. It, it was so cool. So it's funny because now we're at a, 
a bit of a crux because we did a lot, but we didn't do everything. So now our biggest question is, do we go somewhere brand new or now that we kind of feel comfortable, know the terrain, know how to get around Ireland. I keep telling them like, let's just go back to Ireland and do all the things that we didn't do uh, just to knock it out. So hopefully sooner rather than later, and hopefully maybe the next time I'll be on with you guys will be in person. Excellent. Yeah. Like if you, if you fly in, I'll fly across the, uh, the uh the short english sea and uh i could be there in 45 minutes and it'd be there great to see it'd be great to see our irish friends as well uh neil and everyone but so let's be clear you went to i'm guessing dublin and galway last time and cork yeah so we flew into dublin went down to cork uh ended in galway and then went back to dublin but you know we did uh the guinness factory tour jameson factory tour we did the ring carry cliffs of more which were absolute that was the highlight of the trip for me that was just breathtaking to be there and then you know the, the fun part was trying a bunch of different pubs and restaurants and and uh just being there and, and we lucked out the weather was was very nice and and we enjoyed the trip a, a ton it was it was really a great time it sounds like you've actually covered quite a lot of Ireland. to be fair maybe northern Ireland could be uh, interesting and have you been we, across sorry no no yeah we that's definitely part of it and yeah london we, we were actually it was funny because we my wife and I had hoped to be able to just say, Hey, we're there. Let's jump over to London while we're at it. Cause that's also a destination. But unfortunately our, her parents weren't so into that idea. So yeah, maybe next time we'll have to, we'll save you the trip. We'll just come meet you in, in London and then we could jump over to Ireland as well. Mate, that'd be absolutely amazing. And, and then the problem is this, you're in London, you could be in Paris in two hours. So uh, to jump on the train under the tunnel, you go and you're in Paris. So you could just keep seeing Europe so easy. I'm in for that. That is that is a great little tip. I have to write that down. Yeah, but um, the last 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 question is on your profile. It says Batman. You're into oh, Batman. Yeah. I love uh, Batman. Huge fan. Who's your favorite baddie of all time? So the nerd answer, the real nerd answer, is a guy named Kevin Conroy. Kevin voiced. Uh, there was a series. There was a cartoon series in the '90s, which is the real reason. Like I'm a Batman fan, growing up watching it. He voiced Batman in the '90s, and then also, if anybody's played the Arkham video games, like on Xbox or PlayStation, he voiced Batman in that. So he's like, when I think of Batman, that's who I think of. As far as the actors go, um, Christian Bale was great. I like Ben Affleck, but I got to go Michael Keaton. You know, '89 uh, Batman is probably one of my favorite ones. So uh, I'll definitely go Michael Keaton on that. And the best baddie. Oh, it's got to be the Joker. I mean, he's he's the best of all time. Um, you know, uh, Heath Ledger is awesome. I just saw, you know, the Joaquin Phoenix one is, is great, too. You got to say the Joker. But outside of that, um, you know, a lot of the ones that were on that cartoon, I love Killer Croc. Uh, Two-Face is great. Um, the Riddler is amazing. I think, he, I think Batman's got some of the best villains, hands down. I'm going to go with... Catwoman. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that because sometimes she's good, sometimes she's bad. You know, she can be on either side, and then obviously their whole relationship thing. I think that I think she's a great character as well. The Riddler. The Riddler's great. I love that whole like, you know, because you think of villains just being like this brute strength and all that, and he just he outsmarts you. It's great. And last but not least, featured in the Pittsburgh Stadium, Bane. Yeah, Bane. That's, I didn't think, yeah, Bane's a good call. It's, I wish, you know, obviously we don't like the Steelers very much, but I am forever jealous of the fact that they got to shoot uh, that movie in there and kind of be connected to the to Batman that way. I'm, I'm, I'm forever jealous of the Steelers for that.
Well, Cleveland got uh, Superman, so you can't have it all. That's true. That is true. He is he's born. And actually, his 81st birthday was yesterday, Superman's. Good knowledge. All right, Matt, where can people find your details? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at MattFontaine83. Uh, you know, as Brown season ramps up, I am out in a lot. I'm at the press conferences a lot, so a ton of Brown stuff there on Twitter. Yeah, when's the next uh, press conference we can expect? So, yeah, I mean, I would say probably the GM – coach you know we're recording this on a Friday I would say maybe by early next week they might have a, a rumbling of a GM and then um, probably meet the GM and I, I you know I doubt Jimmy would speak again because he kind of spoke after the Stefanski hire so we'll probably just hear from the GM so we'll hear from him there um, other dates for Browns fans to get ready obviously the senior bowl is going to be coming up but the Browns won't be there it sounds like so we might have to wait until the combine you know to really start hearing some stuff from Stefanski and, and, and getting our second interviews with him. And then, you know, before we know, we'll be in draft. And, you know, the Browns have the 10th overall pick that's, that's right up there. So we'll be, uh, we'll be all locked in eyes and ears uh, for that top 10 pick. Awesome. All right, buddy, you take care. Thank you so much for your time. And finish up by saying, go Browns. As always, go Browns. Thanks for having me on.